0: Welcome back to Muse to the Pharaoh. I am your host, Darling Misi. So it's been a really tough couple of weeks in the social media sphere. And to be honest, it's been a tough couple of years, maybe decades, maybe centuries. Of course, the hot topic is once again, Surviving R. Kelly, the six-part documentary that was on Lifetime toward the beginning of January. There have been a lot of conversations that have started as a result of this documentary, though a lot of the information isn't new. It kind of gave a different perspective of people who are part of that world, what they went through, and what the consequences have been or have not been for their own lives as well as for a 1R Kelly. A lot of us watched this documentary, and my personal response to it was sobering. It was like, gosh, that was really bad, and there was a little bit of disconnect from it, but when you watch something like that, your feelings about it and how you process it kind of creeps up on you, especially when you're thinking about it in quiet moments. Sometimes it triggered a trauma that came across as a passing thought as you're going to sleep or in a dream or walking down the hall at work, just a slow reminder of things that come up as you unconsciously process what you saw. And then to pile on more, you read the comments that people were making afterward about these women their families and R. Kelly, and suddenly the internet is full of all these traps and triggers that throw things in your face that you don't feel equipped to handle all at once. It's a lot. As a Muse crew, we do have a group chat that we use every day talking about different things in the world and, of course, about Prince. A lot of us did decide to take a break or limit ourselves from being on social media last week because of how much it brought up in our own personal lives. It was just really hard to be bombarded by all of this, especially as most of us are Black women and the fallout has been a reminder of how culturally we're not protected. Certain studies of doctors saying black girls have higher pain thresholds, whenever someone's missing from a black girl's perspective, no one cares, trauma from black church and family abuse, and basically a common thread of black women and girls are not protected. To see phrases like, oh, she was old enough and it was consensual, it's fine, or oh, she was fast anyway at age 14, like putting all these assumptions on these young girls, especially the young women who were of legal age, is very difficult to see, especially from people who are family members or people we thought were our friends and different things like that so to set the stage we're dealing with his trauma being awakened as one that is always under the surface of being a woman but especially a black woman in general and then you get the articles and comments equating prince and r kelly the thing is we adore prince prince is our favorite artist he's wonderful a genius amazing indisputable but he wasn't perfect and he was a human man Not talking about the pee on you, R. Kelly children thing. Across the board, that's just like, what's the matter with your life? To that point, we're not talking about that. The thing that has been really difficult is that the same phrases that are used to defend R. Kelly, ones that are like, they were of legal age, they consented, the women didn't complain, so it's fine. All of these phrases are also used to defend Prince. So again, as women reading these things and reconciling what you've personally been through with seeing Prince and relationships with 15 to 30 year age gaps throughout his life how do you reconcile that as a prince fan as someone who admires him with taboos like 34 year old men being romantically linked to 19 year olds and other such things it's a lot so we're going to lean into this difficult conversation and work through this together so for our round table first our guest from all the way across the pond chloe Calton. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Thank you so much for joining us. It's like 4 a.m. there, (laughs) so we appreciate you joining. (laughs) Thank you for
1: having me. Appreciate it. From
0: the state side, we have Crystal.
2: Hello,
0: hello. Erica. Hi, everybody. And Stephanie. Hey, y'all. All right. So, ladies, rules of engagement. This is not a Prince is Innocent, Prince is Guilty conversation, We're not talking about any of that because what we do here on Muse is to have conversations about how we reflect on ourselves through the study of Prince's music, Prince's life, and the lessons and things like that. We're not here to attack anybody. We're not here to tear down anybody's legacy. This is about how do I feel about what I heard or what I know about Prince and how do I reconcile that within myself. I also want to say for our audience listening, the opinions shared here are personal opinions that are based on the speaker's perspective. We aim for this podcast to get people to zoom out a bit and consider thinking about this from different angles as we work through this together. I also want to introduce the concept of a safe word. If you start to go down a path that makes you feel uncomfortable, please say orange and we will immediately stop and move to the next topic. Is everybody good on that? yeah absolutely yes okay so let's get started as we move into this i want to talk about marketing because that's one part of this conversation that's very interesting especially in regarding to prince prince popped up on the scene as prince as in 1978 his first tour was 79 and then back then, he was marketed towards teenage girls, maybe a little younger, preteens to 16, 17-year-old girls. And in those days, he was, what, 20, 21? Right there sets up a tough dynamic as consumers of his persona. This is not something specific to Prince, but more an overall marketing to young girls. What are your thoughts about celebrities you liked when you were that age? Were there pop culture dudes around your age? Were they older, legal adults? Do you remember what your thoughts were about them? Um, Erica. <laughs>
3: um i it's a difficult question for me because i wasn't really a celebrity crush kind of person um but i know that like as far as my age group um leonardo dicaprio was the big deal titanic came out when i was 13 so but he was kind of close to it he was like a little bit older so it wasn't too bad and then as far as music the icons would be like in sync and backstreet boys were like, that's <laughs> embarrassing, but that's like who, you know, my friends had posters of in there on their walls. I and mean, they were, I would, they were definitely, they were in their 20s, with the exception of some of whom were definitely 30. Uh, but yeah, as, as far as me being like, a, as who I was attracted to, that wasn't something that I ever dealt with personally, but that's just, I just wasn't a celebrity crush, tiger beat kind of gal.
4: Crystal, what do you think? (laughs) Um, So for me, I think I definitely was that girl who had a lot of celebrity crushes. They changed probably monthly. Um, When I think about when I was a teenager, though, I don't think it was as prevalent as when I was maybe an adolescent. Um, And when I think about when I was a teenager, it was just a lot of like people like Drake um, And then when you talk about legends, it was more like Prince, Tony Braxton, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson for me. Um, but I was that girl who kind of hyper focused on a person. And I kind of um, picked at everything that they did. So everything um, who they were kind of geared toward, their beliefs, their lyrics, everything, I kind of um, made it a point to care about that type of stuff when it came to who I um, who I idolized. So um, when I think about when I was a teenager, most of the people that I focused on, um, like Chris Brown um, before everything happened and Drake, um, they were geared toward me. Um, and I easily, um, of course, was focused on them. So, um I don't feel like I fell in the category of um, young girls who had a super, um, I guess, attraction to artists who weren't intentionally being marketed toward me, Um, except Prince, which was I, I think it is different for some reason because I heard him my entire life and so you know he was always around and I felt like when I look back on on my life um growing up it was like how am I not how would why how wouldn't I be a fan of Prince it, you know I heard him almost all the time because my mother was such a big fan um but when I think about when I was a teenager most of my celebrity crushes um were I mean they were marketed toward me they were marketed toward teenagers and and women or young women um you know between the ages of uh you know 15 to 25 or so um yeah what about you Steph
2: um yeah I'm I'm definitely similar to Crystal you guys know I have a problem with loving things a, a reasonable amount, so um, I was definitely all throughout my childhood um, the the kid with a different celebrity. Well, I won't I won't say different. Um, I was pretty consistent in my celebrity crushes, but they were intense. So, as Erica mentioned, big thing for us back in the day was in sync and. Justin Timberlake was my guy <laughs> so um, and at the time that they started getting big, I was what in the fifth grade, like nineteen ninety eight so um way too old for me to be uh <laughs> feeling those intense feelings about someone who's what he's sixteen seventeen at that time um, and then um as i as I got older um it it lessened for sure. Um, but yeah, I still was, um, very much swooped by the marketing, you know, people who, if this were, if it were the real world, it would be pretty, um, (laughs) pretty unreasonable for, for me to be that, that swept up in someone significantly older. So, um, yeah. And then for the Prince thing, same thing as Crystal, Um, it was inevitable for me to be a fan just because he is some of my earliest um, musical memories. So that was completely different um, than some of the big boy bands like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Um, Drake is another one, certainly Chris Brown, although Chris Brown and I are closer in age. But just looking back on those times and seeing how like, my my younger cousins were so infatuated with them, so it's the same thing they were marketed towards um, more you know people closer in my age range, but um still exposed to people even younger so um the the marketing thing is certainly certainly really effective, and it reaches more. Uh, uh, or further back than just who the intended audience is, um, oftentimes. So,
1: yeah. Chloe? Okay. Um, from my earliest memory as a teen, in my preteens, it was Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Johnny
3: Depp.
2: <laughs>
1: but then later on in my years, obviously high school musical came out when I was in secondary school, and I gravitated towards Corbin Blue, and I was just like, oh. And then later on, it was Lloyd. And then, Uh because like, I don't know, I had a thing for guys with hair. So I was just kind of gravitated to those two and I kind (laughs) of stuck with it. And then um, like later on in my late teens, I was like, say, 19. That was when I was basically introduced to Prince. And then the rest is history.
0: Mm. Okay. So definitely still on the Leonardo DiCaprio train. And I was really big in Lord of the Rings. And, um, so all those guys in the fellowship, especially Orlando Bloom, were people that I was into in, like, middle school, I think. And all of them are above the age of 21, by far, <laughs> at the time, and I was, like, 14. <laughs> so, it was interesting, because, like, those were my guys, and then, like, when I was super young, I was really into Avonlea, which is, like, a show from, like, Canada and the Disney Channel. I was super in love with a character on there named Gus Pike. And it's funny because he's on Facebook and I added him as a Facebook friend and, like, we talk and stuff. So I'm like, so I was going to marry you when I was, like, four. I think you should know that. But it's interesting, though, when we are that young and we're making designs on people twice our age. And I want to dig into that a little bit because the last or during my auntie's or auntie's episode, there was a question I asked them. And I was like, when did you first discover Prince? And as they were coming up with him in context, a lot of them said, you know, like, I was 11 and 12 years old. And it's really interesting because they are so young. And when he was doing stuff when they were 11 and 12 years old, it was much more explicit sexually. Again, this is how he's being marketed to young people coming into their own, understanding who they are as they grow into young adults, how their bodies work, what their urges are. And the thing that I keep hearing from the people who came up with him in context, especially from the young women, who were very very young when they discovered him is like he kind of taught me about how to be okay about how i present myself sexually and it's very tough because was this the lesson this is what you were learning when you were 12 13 14 15 years old and prince was your instructor in that even from an icon perspective so what what do you guys think about that or when you think back on these people that you liked a lot when you were that age did your brain go there or was it kind of like, oh, we're going to date, we're going to get married, we're going to have babies, but not necessarily what it takes to make the baby? Um, let start with Stephanie.
2: Um, oh, goodness. Um, I think that as these different artists and whatnot that I had, you know, hearts in my eyes for as they grew and matured in their music and I followed them then um that is how my that's how my thought process followed along so perfect example in and this is so crazy that I'm saying this out loud but in 1998 In Sync releases you know strings attached and one of the songs on there is Digital Get Down. And I'm like 10, belting out these lyrics. I feel like Erica and I have had this conversation before. And it's it's about cyber sex. It literally is a song about cyber sex as clear, as cleanly as they could have made it. But, but that's what it's about. And I'm I'm belting out these lyrics. And I don't fully understand. But I was like... Well, whatever this digital get down is, I want in on it with Justin Timberlake at like 11 years old. And that's so wrong. And so just again, as, um, you know, as he matured through his career. So we go to um, Justified. And I remember hearing uh, Rock Your Body for the first time. And then uh, here in the part where he says, bet I'll have you naked by the end of this song, like that didn't make me feel anything but excitement (laughs) because I was like, Justin Timberlake, he's, (laughs) he's being suggestive. So yeah, it, um, I, it absolutely did, um, you know, awaken some things and, and certainly have, um, some sort of influence over me. And I think that had it not been for me having (laughs) the mother and, and father that I have and just the, the, People around me that I have had, um, it could have easily gotten me into some situations that um, we see playing out today. Where it's just like the the influence of this stuff because we love it so much, because we have um, attached an emotion and um, and whatnot to these these people that we idolize. Uh, it's not just that we enjoy the the music or whatever. Like we we idolize these people. Let's be real. So we've attached all these things to them and. Um you know, we could sit and say who should have known better or what have you, but um, the influence really does run deep. And um, had it not been for what I believe to be um, just <laughs> the the blessing of having certain people around me um, who taught me better and navigated me through, you know, different things, um, it would have been easy to be. Subjected to to God knows what, so um, certainly did have those experiences um, at a time where I didn't really understand fully what I was feeling or singing along with or or whatnot.
3: Okay, Erica. I guess when I was a teenager. So I was listening to I listened to everything growing up. And I guess when I was a teenager, I really started to listen to like rap and hip hop, which um, ended up being like hypersexualized. Like I was listening to Trina and Trick Daddy and the 504 boys and big timers. And there's a Nelly song where uh, I think it's Wifey, where he talks about getting a blowjob from this girl he's going to make his wife, you know. And I had the internet available to me and I learned what those things were from that. And I was like, all right, I, <laughs> um, I guess my parents really tried to shield me from that stuff, but I would, you know, Napster was around. So I was free to download as much horribly over-sexualized Asian appropriate." um rap as I wanted and uh yeah. I don't know. I just I was I I never heard things and thought like, oh I wanna get married and have babies with this person. I was like, I'll do those things with you. Which sounds horrible in context, but um
0: And those and those were thoughts that you had as like a teen about these people who are saying these things? I was
3: later. I was like at least sixteen or seventeen. When I was like 13 and 14, I was a total prude and I had no idea what anything meant. And I would have to ask my friends at school what certain words meant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so on the, but then there was like a hard switch at like 16 where it was just all downhill.
0: <laughs> okay. So moving right <laughs> along
3: to Crystal.
4: <laughs> um. So when I think about when I was like much younger, when I like maybe 11, uh, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was very much um, the girl who had a crush on who I was supposed to have a crush on per se. So I was like a huge fanatic of B5. And um, before then, before B2K broke up, I was a big fan of them. And so I I found myself... um, Well, my focus was always on um, these artists who particularly didn't have sexual lyrics or produced sexual content. And when they did, it was always a big thing. So um, I think, you know, having those feelings come about probably didn't happen for me until, um, like Erica said, I was much older like I'm I and if I did have them I kept them to myself and I kind of just I don't know I I think I just didn't express it it, express it in any way and I kind of tried to ignore them because you know I thought it was taboo in a a manner that you know sex is not something I should be worried about at this time in, in my life so I should definitely be Um, you know maybe not engaging or um, asking questions I never asked questions and so and I listened to you know aside from celebrity crushes I listened to a lot of uh, um, music that had sexual content I was a huge fan of Janet Jackson Janet Jackson always um, expressed herself um, freely and um, I found that you know I didn't really explore, um, what feelings I had for certain, you know, icons and, and people until I was much older. So for me, it was, it was very much, um, I don't know, taboo and something I actively tried to avoid because I thought it was wrong. You know, I didn't think it was something I should be feeling. Um, and so, you know, my phen- was always like, oh my God, I really want to listen to this music. Um, I really want to see them at concert because I do find them attractive. But then the line kind of stopped right there um, until I was maybe 16, 17 years old. And then of course, those feelings inevitably manifested themselves. But um, when I was much younger, I I definitely tried to uh, focus on what I should have, what I thought I should be focusing on. And I think that had much to do with um, my mother, even though, you know, I was exposed to, um, you know, a lot of not kid-friendly music, but, you know, I I feel like my atmosphere was very much like, we don't talk about it, you know? Mm. So, you know, I didn't ask questions and I didn't explore feelings and I just kind of listened to music and didn't i don't know how to explain it kind of I just didn't take away anything from it. I kind of just enjoyed what I enjoyed, and that was that was kind of it for me um, but yeah
1: okay um Chloe? um to run off on that, from what Crystal just said, I think from my earliest memory, I felt like um it's kind of like. A mixture. Not only did I listen to male artists, I listened to a lot of female artists that kind of helped me mould my independency. There are certain songs, yeah, I was aware of, I was listening to, but then I think it's kind of the environment I was exposed to. From a young age, I've been participating in carnivals in the West Indian community. So can Calypso songs of mostly sharing adult themes. So my mind was kind of already moulded to understand certain things that you hear but you don't speak on it, or Majority of the time when I was younger, between the ages of 14 to 16, it kind of went over my head. And I, from my earliest memories of actually exploring into more adult content related songs, I remember because of the kind of school I was at, I was in an all-girls school. So guys were kind of like a no-go zone anyways. But it was girls who would still step out of comfort zone to just please a boy. And I felt like I don't need to please anyone. And I think that's based on the environment I was living in where my mom and my dad was just about to get divorced. So it was kind of like watching my mom become from being dependent on my dad and being in a marriage, but become an independent black woman and a single mother, at the same time being a full-time mom and having a full-time job compared to my 15-year-old, 15, 15 years difference between me and my sister. She's obviously much more older than me. She listened to music way before my time. Her CDs are around. So I would explore and listen to Faith Evans, Mary J. Blige, Obviously, Lauryn Hill. And then I'll dip into my toe with the whole hip hop and rap thing where i have little Kim, then I have my Trina. And then I'm end up like looking at, okay, now what else have you got? So by the time I was like 14, going on 50, Michael Jackson just died. So I'm like, all right, Michael Jackson's great, but what's the female version of Michael like? The only person close enough as a female version of Michael was Janet. And then from the Control album all the way down past Velvet Road to Demeter Joe to Discipline. I realise, oh, wow, she's grown out of the shadow of her family. I'm taking her on and listening to her growing up into her mid-early 20s, early into her 30s, not thinking the whole time this woman was married, then she divorced, and then she's talking about being free. And then I'll just talk on those connotations like, okay, cool. This is what it's like to be an independent young woman in this industry. You can basically do whatever you want so to answer your question on certain songs oh yeah I listened to Lloyd of course like I mentioned before he was one of my my sweethearts I fell in love with when I was younger then I started to touch into the whole R&B scene of Trey Song's Chris Brown never looked at R. Kelly because he wasn't my type he's way too mature um and and you know things like that so um but yeah I, I listened to it but I never took action on it I it was aware that those were adult themes but it was just music is a way of expressing and I I noticed that especially with Neo when he started on his debut album it was like oh okay certain tracks on there are still hits and there's like there's songs in there are hidden it's like okay interesting even down to Brandy you know the teenage sweetheart from the 90s who ended up becoming this massive R&B princess in the early noughties and you know listening back to her album Full Moon and Aphrodisiac I was like okay cool so um yeah I hope that answers your question
0: yeah. because you guys were all talking and I I never really thought about like saying all the songs, you seeing all the lyrics, I remember thinking about um next song too close. And singing that with all my heart, never really thinking about what I'm saying, kind of what you guys were saying. But I I never thought about, you know, when I was younger, or really for a, quite a while to when I was in my twenties even, being were wanting to have like sexual relationships with the people I idolized like that. Um, I do distinctly remember when Aaliyah came out and Age Ain't nothing but a number was hit. My sister is Aaliyah's same age. And I remember her coming up to me and talking about that song, like, Kenisa, this song is really inappropriate. Look at this lyric right here. Um she was going through the chorus with me and she said, This is not this is not something appropriate for for us to be listening to. And also like the person who wrote this. Was very much older than this person. And she was telling me all about Aaliyah. And we're fans of her. But I, I really remember. I distinctly remember her sitting me down. And talking about that song. And how it wasn't appropriate. But then I also remember like in junior high. Because I keep talking about how I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan. I never. I never It's interesting because I never equated like any of the songs. That were straight up about sex. With sex or thinking about sex. Or sexual feelings. But erica had the internet <laughs> there are certain We're parts done. of the anime world where they have fan fiction and there's some fan fiction that is for adults and so i remember being in eighth grade and um reading some of those so like sailor moon and tuxedo mask getting it on or the sailor scouts doing things with each other and stuff like that and it was just like whoa what is this and i took an interest to it because I'm like this is things that i don't know about and this seems really bad and it's adult but i'm gonna read it at age 14. so Weirdly, all my fantasies were about, like, cartoon characters. <laughs> but, and then, and then it comes to, like, people like Prince. So, throughout the 90s, I never, like, as much as we knew, you know, Prince was talking about sex and stuff. I was still really young, so it didn't really connect. And for me, right. even as I got older, it still didn't really connect to me until I think... Maybe 3121, even though I was like all about musicology and stuff. And the specific song was Incense and Candles. And that's when I was kind of like, oh, this is about sex. And, and it was like in my brain, I was like, OK, I see you, Prince. But it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do it with Prince. It was that this is inspiring me for my own relationship. And Prince is my mentor and how to relate to the person I'm interested in. So, for me, the connect directly to sex and Prince as a projection actually did not come until maybe 2013 when he was way, way older. So, and that was when I was like, hey, let's date. <laughs> so, it, I didn't really have that connect, And that's probably because of my own randomness that I have issues with regarding sex. But I think that's really interesting where there's, there's when you hear these songs and you connect it to how you relate to it your own body and how you relate to your own sexuality, and then there's how do you project that onto the person who's singing them and writing these feelings and these emotions and these sensations. So, my next question is specifically about Prince because I know we joke about this all the time where we're like, Well, 17 year old me, and if I go back in my time machine, I'm going to be at celebration with one night alone Prince, and if he swoops me, I'm four. You know, we joke about that, but also that's real. and. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like, you're 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, Prince is macking on you, sending you letters in your DMs, inviting you to concerts. How are you dealing with that? And so we'll start with Chloe. Okay. How
1: would I feel if I went into a time machine, let's say 20 years ago, Let's go back to, like, gold experience, Prince, right? Let's go back to that. Um, well, I would approach it, I'd be cautious. Everything will be second-guessing. Because of the fact is, this is someone who I idolize. This is someone who I follow up. I listen to the music. And I look at the history of women. I do this with every guy as well. So this is not just Prince. But it's like, I have to have a rap sheet on you. I need to know your history. I need to know every kind of person I'm dealing with. Now, I would take caution because I was scared to get hurt. Because I have um, so much respect for Prince. If he had turned around and hurt me and did something to me, I would be like, oh, actually, maybe that was my fault how I'd approach that. So to answer your question on that, I would have to take my time and be easy but be very smart with my actions because um it it's basically i i have to be the one in control because he's not forcing me to be around him to be there i decided to be there and make myself quote unquote available to be seen for him to see me to to feel comfortable to basically communicate with me so um
0: yeah okay so just to take a tally are you shutting him down or are you letting it happen
1: Oh. Well, I don't know. We we'll had to answer that. We'll have to be, we'll have to be. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. It'll be here or there. It depends.
4: I don't know. That's fair. Okay. Uh, Crystal. Um, <laughs> I probably shut them down. I was probably my own <laughs> um parent at that point in my life. Um, I don't know. I just would find an issue with it no matter what. And and when I think about when I was 16, 17 years old, I wasn't the my attraction for Prince now is much different then. I was still in a very much discovery mode um with Prince. Um, at that point. And so I def I just I would find everything wrong with him trying to engage in any type of, um, relationship or, you know, just even if it's just like, just for fun or anything, you know, I would think about the fact that, oh, I was underage and like, my mother is in love with you. Like I would find every reason, every, just the type of person that I was. Um, I was even like that in college. Like when, when I would try to talk to people, I don't know what it was, or when people would try to talk to me, I would, I would always find, why are you talking? to me is this you know you know do what are your intentions is this you know what is what is everything that could go wrong and so at 16 17 years old that was very much not gonna happen (laughs) for me um i'd be questioning everything so i probably ignore him not even shut him down because i wouldn't even know how to do that okay (laughs) stephanie
2: Um, so I know that, um, for, for me (laughs) earlier, it sounded like I was just out here ready to throw it out to every celebrity crush, (laughs) which is not the case. Um, uh, I, I always say like, there's a difference between like my, like fantasy stuff and me (laughs) and actual me fantasy stuff uh, has a lot less inhibitions than real stuff does. Um, so yeah. And especially me at 16, 17, I'm right there with crystal super skeptical, um, about dudes (laughs) older than me, period. Like even, um, dudes like 18 and I'm 16, 17. I'm just like, Hmm. Nah, (laughs) cause I, cause I was working, um, at that age. And so I, I worked with guys who were older than me, who, you know, were interested in different ways. And I was just like, you guys do realize that, yes, I'm working, I have a job and we work together with colleagues, but I'm still a minor and this is borderline inappropriate. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I I would I would have to I would have to shut it down just because my thought is the same as Crystal's like what is your intention um especially being so much older than me um what could you possibly want that, that is you know well intentioned with somebody this this young and um yeah just doesn't sit doesn't sit right in jokes aside because nisa you made a fair point we do joke about that quite often Mm -hmm. um and even the fact that like fantasy me is a lot more (laughs) freewheeling than i am like that's also something that i probably want to think about like why is it that in my fantasies i'm just way less uh (laughs) rational and uh i mean i think that's worth
0: talking about though like yeah, because you know we're sixteen, seventeen, and we joke You know, like yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, print no. <laughs> but why?
2: Why is that? Like, why do we find that okay? Yeah. Even in fantasy, like, <laughs> even in just like, if we could have everything our way, yeah. if everything, if this was acceptable, oh. no. Like, why? Why is that the standard?
0: And why the is that the, like, the thing? Yeah, I'd let him ruin my life. Absolutely, you know.
2: Right. It's just like, what is it about me, about us that we even go to that place? Mm-hmm. And I I don't have an answer for that um, just because it's all so new. <laughs> like just thinking about this on this level is also new because when we when we joke about it, when, when we're in the group chat or on Tumblr or whatever, it's just that it's a joke and we don't go too much. further than that but it is definitely something to mull over like why is that (laughs) why is my my life being ruined the fantasy Mm -hmm. where does that come from so yeah for sure yeah
3: erica um i thought about it for a long time and i think that like 16 to 17 year old erica knew it would be a bad idea um and the times, I mean, I, I did have older men pursue me. So I'm way, way too old to be calling up a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> and with those, I know that I was like, well, this is wrong and inappropriate. And I would shut it down, but not in a way that ended the communication. Because I'm me. and a nightmare. But I would, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's what a what would have happened with me is I would have kind of gone along with it, and then once it crossed the line, and like, "Oh, oh, this is this is categorically wrong. <laughs> we, we can't have this," and and shut it down. But in a way, like, not let anything happen. But like, still, definitely be like, "But we're still friends, right?" mm And that's a good
2: point that you make, Erica, as far as like shutting it down, but not all the way down because there's that like flattery slash validation aspect.
4: So I it's so
2: good to be wanted.
3: It's so good, right? When somebody showers you with that attention and they tell you things and it's, you feel a certain way. And I get it as like a 16, 17 year old, 18 year old girl, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's, you know, being told that stuff maybe for the first time in your life after, you know, high school is hard on everyone. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, some people had the best time in high school. Nobody had a good time in high school. Don't give me that. <laughs> Nobody enjoyed right. high school. So yeah. you're going through all that and you have all these hormones and, you know, somebody comes shows interest in you. I mean, my my mom says that all the time. She married the first guy that was interested in her. She married at 19, the first wow. guy that liked her. I got divorced two years later. (laughs) But, you know, it's a, I get
0: it. I, you know. So let me advance this a little bit and anybody can jump in to answer this. So the scenario is just advance your age to whenever this would be appropriate for you. Um, So it's 2006. You're 19 years old. Prince is 48. um, Somehow you're able to go to a 3121 party at his house. He takes an interest to you, um, invites you back to his parties, um, invites you to sit in on some sessions, wants to hang out with you and go to dinner, generally starts to woo you. Um, Not woo, wants to spend time with you and, and develop a friendship with you. How do you feel about that? Would you engage? Would you be like, no, thanks? Would you go along for the ride? You're 19.
1: Still think it's a bit too much, even for 19. If I was in that situation, I would actually have to ask, can I bring a friend? Because I want to experience that by myself. Because imagine the experience you would have mm-hmm. if you excluding the dinner bit, but just going to a party? A prince party? And then you tell all your friends, like, yeah, I was at a prince party. No one's gonna believe you. You need like a backup, a wingman, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think- yeah, I think I. Would, I don't know. I think that's weird. I, even when you like said forty-eight, I was thinking, ugh, nineteen or forty-eight? Like, how does that work? So
3: yeah, I, I just know. think about what a nightmare person I was at nineteen and the kinds of decisions I was making. I'm like, what kind of forty-year-old man in their right mind would want to get involved with like the train wreck human? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and not to say that that's the standard. Everybody's different, but like just you know knowing myself and my friends at 19 and seeing my sisters at 19 and you know my friends kids now who are 19 I'm like no I don't see where the the, the emotional can be I think it's different that kind of age difference is different later in life when you're both adults with fully formed frontal cortexes but you know it's right uh I don't know.
4: It's a big jump.
3: Yeah. Okay. Any, anybody uh, else?
4: Yeah. I was going to say, like, when I think about it, like, I I want to say I would, but I feel like that's more fantasy than reality. Um, and in reality, when I think about when I was 19 years old, I was definitely like close, I closed myself off and I and I probably would have if I was by myself, I probably no, so uh, you know, especially depending on why I was there, like why am I at a 3121 party? <laughs> um, like why am I there? Hmm. Um, so yeah, like I want to say, oh yeah that sounds awesome, but no. I feel like at 19 I was very much in- if it wasn't like a close friend that I was with, I was very much not engaging with anyone. So a 48 year old wow. prince coming up or, you know, sending his, his, his wingman to uh, swoop me to his studio. Definitely was not happening. Cause I'm most likely there with my mother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you again, Crystal. Like, Again, fantasy me is like, "Girl, yes," but real me is like, mm, "No," because I can remember distinctly at like 1920 even thinking someone who was like 25 approaching me was like, ugh, yeah, yeah, right. Get away from me. We are not the same. <laughs> like we our age brackets are so vastly different, like absolutely not. Um now at 29, you know, a 5-year gap is totally different, but um Just I I couldn't imagine knowing who I was and where I was at 19 that even Prince, even Prince, that knowing he was 48, it would just completely floor me that I'm at this 3121 party after party, what have you. And he would. Actually, think that I was going to go anywhere alone with him. Well, I
0: mean, I'm not necessarily insinuating that it's anything sexual or anything, but even just a friendship, you guys would still be right. like, "Nope,
1: yeah, you yeah,
4: said no." Dinner. I would question everything.
1: You, <laughs> you said dinner, so well, I don't think- like
3: Chloe like, said. Oh, I was going to say, like, like Chloe said, I would have, I would bring a friend. I would, and I know in the past, anytime I've been in a situation similar, it's like, oh, I'm going to bring a friend, and you that way you have. You can defuse the situation, but also someone would be like, "Did you see that?" Yeah, yeah. But I
0: mean, okay. Let me take out. I'm sorry. I'm just going down. I just want to prod this for a second. Take out the party. Um, we're on the to, to, we're on the um the website, right? In the message board group or whatever. Find out you're talking to Prince. He's like, "Hey, come to the studio. You bring your friend that time, right? Everything's cool." And he was like, "Let's go to dinner." And your friend wants to go home. Do you say no? Where do you go to dinner in a restaurant or it's just you and Prince where you're eating and listening to music? You're 19, 20 years old. You're 20 years old now. Uh,
2: maybe. Depends. Yeah. yeah it, it It would have to depend on the vibe. What kind yeah. of vibe I was getting. If I felt like his intentions were something other than like, oh, I just want to strike up a friendship or what have you or get to know you um then yeah
1: it, i i guess it yeah
2: it just depends on the context
1: you see it's hard to judge though because you're not too sure if he's just there to strike up a conversation to be a friend or he's trying to find another tactic to, to try and not be so creepy you know that's why i said in my yeah. answer yeah i have the approaches slowly because i'm always second guessing what is your motive Mm-hmm. that's why I didn't have an answer to if a yes or no because I'm like back in my mind is a no but I'm like let me see can't knock it till you try right, it's bad I know if my mom listens to this she's gonna grill me but I'm just saying I'm being honest but um if my friend wanted to go to bed and I'm with my friend and we're like, go, we're going home now, I'll see you tomorrow or we can do another day. That You have to be honest because we're people. You can't just always be yes to everything. It's pleasable, but be realistic. Are you able to manage that kind of shock? Like, oh my God, I'm going to have dinner alone with Prince. Can I hack that? I have my friend here with me for a reason. We can all do this together. And, you know, if I see red flags in this visitation, then there will never be another... Wait for dinner or anything is because that's like that. What that's dead now is it's what's done is done, and that's it. Okay. Anybody
3: else? I would go and just be anxious the whole time, and so it wasn't fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wouldn't enjoy it, but I would. Go, like, I would be like, I can't pass this up. But then it would be like I would just be on the verge of throwing up the entire time, and then have regrets when I got home. Mm. So. What about oh, you, being? Of- <laughs> I got to <the>
2: answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to ask too, so yeah.
0: So this is interesting. Because it's kind of like. Because the way I feel about Prince isn't necessarily sexual. And I have, you know, like I've said, my own stuff when it comes to sex, so I. I feel it weird when people consider me in that light. So for me, I would definitely go because I feel like And this is going to be weird. Okay? So the way that I relate to people in general is that and and sometimes it gets me in trouble where I invest in people a lot and then they kind of take that on as it meaning something more than just like this is just the way I am with everyone. And so I feel like he might have a little bit about that with him where people think it's way more than it is. And it's just like, literally, we're in a restaurant eating because otherwise people would bother me. And so I rent out the whole restaurant to eat like this so I can eat in peace. And I just want you here because we're talking. And it's not anything more than just us talking. And yeah, maybe there are candles and everything. But literally, I sit in the studio with candles and incense. it's not a big deal, it's just the way I am. So it's like, I can see that, but then I can also see the other side of it, you know, looking at it from outside the context of Prince and how that can seem predatory as well. So, like for me, and this could be my read, my personal projection on Prince, I would totally go and not really think anything about whatever designs he has or even if he does have, you know, intentions toward me. I know what I would allow. So it's like creating a boundary there, if I want there to be one at age 20, which I'm not sure there would, and um, just being in control of my own choices and what I want to happen, because I feel like he would respect that. Okay. I could. That. I totally agree with you. Okay. Oh, so, sorry I went down that path, <laughs> I just wanted to discuss, I'm like, I know what all y'all said in private, I just want to make sure. No, okay. <laughs>
2: um no that's fair because <laughs> we have said a lot <laughs> in
0: so next question they're getting down into it now another word that's being thrown around as part of this conversation about prince and these comparisons to her kelly it's a notion of grooming so what is your definition of what that means and what the impacts are and how you see that and we'll start with Crystal.
4: Um, so grooming as a basis to me means having intent um, and then acting or taking steps to uh, reach whatever intent that is. And so, you know, if we're speaking about grooming in a very general sense and not anything specific, um, it's definitely, uh, molding the relationship until it's at a point where you can act on whatever intent that you have. Um, so, you know, talking about Prince, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation on whether or not he, uh, groomed the two subjects in question and a fantastic and Maite um, did he create a relationship and mold it until he was able to act upon whatever intentions that he had um, it's something that I've definitely been thinking about so um, but yeah that's pretty much grooming to me grooming to me is, is pretty much just creating a relationship and um, taking steps to reach a goal and um, That may not always have the um, well, it never has the most um, positive of of reasons because it's grooming is never morally um, more morally something you should be doing. Um, So, yeah, it's just having an intent, molding a relationship to reach whatever that intent is. um, And it's very selfish as well. It's it's not it's not in the in the. Um, best interest of the other person um it's more about what you want what you know you know what a need that you are trying to satisfy so that's grooming to me
2: okay
0: uh how about you stephanie
2: um yeah i i think that crystal pretty much summed it up um what my definition was except i don't think that in all cases, if we're just saying grooming in general, like there are good, (laughs) there are good types of grooming. When you think about, you know, a vocation or something like that, a job, you're grooming someone to be a leader to follow in your footsteps, stuff like that. But in this context, um, yeah, it's definitely, um, creating a relationship, developing a relationship with someone, um, with the intent of some type of, um, I mean, truly some type of, it ends up being some type of abuse uh, at the at the end, and it doesn't have to be as egregious as what we see with R. Kelly, but the fact that the, the intent, as Crystal said, I think that's a great word, was to reach a goal that may not have otherwise been met um, had the grooming not happened I think is the really insidious and sinister part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, uh, yeah, that's absolutely um what my definition of it is within this this particular context mm-hmm. um
1: chloe um i completely agree with crystal and definitely uh you guys are put it in, in me um than how i would word it but i definitely agree with basically the so yeah all right and erica
3: To me, it's um, the building of trust and establishing a relationship um, with the intent of, you know, like everyone else said, uh, turning it more sexual later. Um, As far as it may I say how I think it relates to Prince in these specific instances that have been brought up in that article... I think, in the specific instances that were mentioned in the article with Anna and maite it's there's no like it doesn't seem like there's a malicious intent it's not like based on all of the accounts that we've gotten from them and then you know Prince aside kind of in his music um. And it seems to me that those situations were more like he was already such a big star at that point. And it was kind of, can I trust you? Can I I be real with you? And do you like me for me? Or do you like me because I'm Prince? Which, you know, is valid. But it doesn't make it okay that they were so young, I guess. Does that Yeah, make sense? so
0: this is another question because we all just talked about in these different scenarios of how we would deal with someone so much older than us showing interest. When you said 16, 17, probably not. 19, maybe bring a friend. 20, maybe, probably yes. It, it's more likely to happen. <laughs> and what I think is interesting are these different ages like um, because again what I struggle with personally is that there's this overlying theme of women not having agency over their own bodies and their own sexuality and how it's kind of um, dictated by men or societal rules that uh, are, are leaning in the favor of men and I'm not talking about you know again like the super young 14, 15 year olds as how they consider sex. But and then even, you know, thinking about thinking about 16 year olds who are having sex with their own people that are their own ages and stuff like that. But it's like, what age is it okay or is it permissible by society for a woman to make decisions about their own to their own bodies and how they want to present themselves sexually? Because the thing that we always hear about Maite and Anna is that they were of legal age of consent and they were able to make those decisions for themselves. But then we also said at 18, why is this, I don't know, was he like 29, 30? Or even uh, with Maite, she was 19, he was 34. It's like, she can make decisions for herself at age 19. She might've been in his care to some degree or around him since she was 60. She was very adamant that nothing happened until 19. But she also mentioned her book when she was 16, 17 and visiting Prince in his hotel room, they were cuddling. Am in, I in misremembered? Right. Yeah. So it's like, again, is us feeling this way? And this is very difficult for me to say. Is this us feeling this way part of our own programming from, you know, us not considering that she has the capacity to make that decision for herself like why do we assume that prince was a predator but also it's like you're twice her age why are you seeking her out for that kind of validation for yourself for as old as you are it's 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 very hard to reconcile
4: right um i think the the difference i th- i don't know there's something different about if he was 34 and met Maite when she when she was 19 and they mm-hmm. shortly entered into a sexual relationship as, as, as opposed to she met him when she was 16 and he kept tabs on her, she was always around she she shortly after that began to work for him and then they entered a sexual relationship because it feels intentional, it feels like he um, had an attraction to a 16 year old um, and the same with fantastic though. He, they didn't have sex until she was of, of age. He still kept her around and paraded her around at a very young age. To me, 16 year, years old is young um, for, to be with a 20, 30 something year old man. Um, and then he, you all engaged in a sexual relationship. And then what, I mean, I mean she wasn't around for very long. Um, Um, So it just it feels intentional. And I feel like that's the difference between whether, um, you know, he met a 18, 19 year old and engaged into a sexual relationship as opposed to meeting them when they are underage and then entering a sexual um, relationship once they became of age. It just feels like grooming. And I, I won't say he's a predator. And I feel like the way I reconcile that is that he it's not something he. He continued to do, at least to our knowledge, um, where he uh, had teenagers, you know, with with the R. Kelly thing that's out now, you know, R. Kelly actively had teenagers around all the time with intentions of having sex with them, many times having sex with them when they were underage. You know, the age of consent, consent in Illinois, where R. Kelly is from, is 17, as opposed to other places where it might be 18. Um, And so but the difference between him and Prince is that R. Kelly had a pattern that has not ended to this day where he actively sought underage girls with the intention of um, having sex with them. And so with Prince, I feel like, you know, like I said, that's the difference um, is that or the issue really is that he met these girls when they were underage And then shortly thereafter entered into a sexual relationship with them. That doesn't feel natural and it is problematic um, as opposed to him maybe meeting them when they were of age and then entering into a sexual relationship. Because when I think about, you know, and again, I I do want to just say that I am speaking from a place of um, a bias, you know, and trauma where, you know, my bias is born out of. And I've had experiences with um, with someone saying such things or finding attraction with, with teenage girls and saying things like, um, I can't wait until she's of age. And that's not OK, because essentially, when you look at the situation with Prince and Maite and Prince and Anna Fantastic, that's essentially what happened. How else do you explain him? uh keeping, you know, Maite around when she, when he first met her. I, 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 I want to, to, to say that it was for work purposes because she did become his dancer, but that just kind of feels like an an excuse. And, you know, so it, it, it doesn't feel okay with me. Um, both situations are um, problematic. And I know both ladies have come out and, you know, they don't really talk about that side. They kind of make it seem okay because then during that time, it was probably okay to most people um, as long as she was of, you know, of age. But when, you know, we're, li- we're living in a day and age now where accountability is huge and Prince is not exempt for that, from that. Um, those two instances are very much problematic because, it, I mean, at least for me, it is. And I know for a lot of people, it, you know, a lot of fans were angry um, with the comparison, but um it is an issue and it is something that should be, you know, kind of swept under the rug, just because he's prince. You know, he's he was he's never been perfect. And I don't believe he's a predator, but those two instances are uh a problem, he doesn't look good. I'll just say that, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but yeah. <laughs>
1: You did a great job explaining everything because everything I'm thinking of, you've just said it. And mm-hmm. the listeners are listening to this and they may not agree because they're going to be biased and try to protect him. but you have to keep it 100% real. It is wrong and inappropriate sometimes. And Kenisa, you touched on something earlier, which my mind is still stuck on. It's this whole, why is a mid-30, early 30s-year-old man seeking validation from minors, young girls? Now, I'm right. in the UK. And I don't know much about you guys in the States, but I do know you guys can't even drink till you're 21. From the fact that you guys can't drink from your 21, why are you having sex at such an early age in the first place is weird. Over here in the UK, the age of consent for sex is 16 you can just about learn how to do provisional learning how to drive at age of 16 you can't smoke or drink until you're 18 and you still get checked for id if you're under the age of 25 so this whole consent thing personally for me i'll say from the age so it's ridiculous as it's old school as it sounds but it's like if you're under the age of 25 you shouldn't be doing anything like that but then again in the society we live in the majority of young people have been starting to have sex from ages between 16 and 15, and probably younger. But some, there's a small minority or percentage of their or there's a decent percentage of there who do wait till after 18. So, but I feel like after watching the RK documentary, yes, I'm in the UK. We don't have the channels that you have, but I have my links. I need to learn to watch that documentary because of the fact is immediately I tried to put print in that situation. Like, oh, damn. Because of the certain events have happened in the past with the people he's dealt with or those two women in particular. And I thought about this and I was thinking to myself, is it because these women are young and naive, they're like, They wanted to make him happy. And it was like, like Kenita said, he's well established by then, by now. He's a superstar. It's more like, what can you do for me and what can I do for you kind of scenario. It's kind of like a trade, quote unquote. So when you mentioned this whole grooming aspect, it's like, okay, I'll have you onto my squad or I'll have you underneath my wing, so to speak. And I'll promise you you know, some musical career or something need to line of his own independent record lady, Paisley Park, and he's going to make her into a star. Either I'm talking about Anna or I'm talking about Maite, one of the two. Eventually, along the lines, he made it, Maite his wife because I think eventually throughout the years he did fall in love with Maite where unfortunately with Anna, during that time of his career and his life, it was more like she was more dispensable. No offense to keeping it 100% real from what I can see. And um, I feel like having... Two young minds who are very um, impressionable. I feel like it was kind of like, don't that's it's kind of easy to say boosting his ego, but it was more like he felt validated like, okay, everybody else thinks I'm the shit, but these two young kids think I'm the shit too, kind of thing. Excuse my French, but I'm just keeping 110%. But um, I can't even follow up from what you just said because you basically just took everything out of my mind and just literally speak on it just said it so yeah Hmm.
2: all right um Stephanie or Erica um yeah I think to to answer your question um the reason why it feels wrong to a lot of us is because of exactly what Crystal said the period of time before the consent was able to happen and what went down and that so you mentioned the cuddling. There's also the, um, the whole sequence where she danced for him in like the hotel room and he had to grab a pillow to cover himself. It's just like, Oh my God, dude, like dude. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) From the, I mean, just that, that one instance alone, you can't tell me that the intent or even the hope was eventually a sexual relationship. Um, I mean, one of the first things he said when he saw her right at the concert in 1990 was I'm a Marrier or something like that. (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, the the way things unfolded, um, it just it has that that feeling of inappropriateness, of, um, you know, wrongness, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so that's why I have a hard time accepting the argument that, you know. Yes, she she gave her consent or what have you. But my question is, would she have had there not been that period of time beforehand that she spent with him? And if the answer to that is yes, then, hey, fine. She was a consenting adult and she is free uh, to, to do as she pleases. Does that still make it less creepy on his end for the sole reason that he was twice her age and nope. still, like you said, looking for the validation? In my opinion, no, but again, I'm not going to take her ability to make that that decision about um, her own sexual activity away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do call into question that period of time that she spent with him for three years, um, and again, a very formative time as well, especially for girl, young girls where we are full of you know um all these <laughs> i hate to be like this about it but like all these hormones and emotions but it's the truth i, I mean uh, there's a lot going on with us at that time and um you know self-esteem issues all kinds of things that um can make us susceptible to um the flattery especially of first of all it's prince but just men in general whether we want to admit it or not Um, and then um, you know that validation that comes from being desirable uh, by someone older than us too that Erica mentioned like that sort of level of flattery and um, and you know good feelings I guess that come with uh, being the object of someone's desire at that age it's just it is um, questionable and troubling at best that he would be okay to still pursue um, anything with her during that time um, without you know major, Uh, oversight by her parents or, you know, something like that. I'm not saying that they should just never have had any contact whatsoever. I mean, that was a great career opportunity for her for sure. So, um, but just the way it went down, the way it unfolded, um, leads me to believe that whether intentional or not, there was some sort of like grooming going on on his end. And that's troubling for me as a, as a fan, as a person who, uh, Loves his music and his contribution to black culture, like it's so troubling for me. Um, but and and like I said earlier, like we have to have these conversations, we have to face the discomfort of having these conversations because when we don't, um, then it's a breeding ground for people like R. Kelly to continue mm-hmm. to thrive. Yeah. Um, and that's not okay. It's so not okay. Especially after watching the documentary, it's just like, um, the kind of quiet acceptance or passive, uh, attitude that we have had about this kind of stuff for so long has made it possible for R. Kelly to be who he is. And, um, you know, to say that, um, you know, obviously he and Prince are not the same and I would never equate them, but the fact that there lied some potential for that to be if he was a different person, you know, if Prince was a different person uh, or made slightly different decisions, like, it's troubling. It's definitely troubling. So, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard conversation to have for sure. And it brings up a lot of uh, uncomfortable things about what I've accepted as well. So
4: yeah
3: yeah it makes me think a lot of the times where I was younger and and I would have older men interested in me because as a woman, it happens like i mean, I have always been really curvy, and that attracts men and they say things to you, and you know you're sometimes it's depending on the person you're like uh. Oh. You're like, oh, and then sometimes you're like, mm. <laughs> go away. <laughs> so it's like, it, um. I also think that emotional maturity plays a big factor in it as well. Um, what, I know when I read Maité's book, I. of really identified her with her because i too grew up in that dance world of the 90s um my parents also made some decisions to let me be way more independent than i know any of my friends as parents would ever let their kids do i mean i lived in new york city alone with my best friend when we were 17 years old in an apartment with no supervision and (laughs) like that's not a normal thing so when i read her book and you know uh, her getting to do those you know, obviously, that wasn't something my parents took lightly. It was a result of my actions over the years and showing the maturity to be able to handle that, which mm-hmm. I did. Obviously, I didn't die. I, <laughs> so, um, but I think in some regards, it's like like to speak to what Ken- Kenisa was saying about, you know, her having the agency over her own body. Yeah, I think that's, you know, something... Mm-hmm. To consider, but then does it make the situation on paper any better? No, it's just a really nuanced conversation to have. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's so many different angles, and the fact is, you we can't change anything. He's not here to say anything about it. He's not here uh-huh. to craft a note on his phone and then post that on Instagram, whatever you know, as a reaction to it. It's kind of we have, you know, history. Played out, and this is where we landed. And it's 2019, and here we are. Where? What do we do here? Yeah.
2: So,
0: yeah, I have an interesting perspective about this because, like, I, I feel like I've had a thread of this conversation throughout the as we've been talking tonight, where. I struggle with it because I am a huge proponent of ownership of your own body as a woman. And this is something that I I get into debates about with people on the internet. For example, Amber Rose. She has a lot of people talking about her. Uh, because the way she presents. Yeah, she might take a picture with her hoo-ha out or or whatever. But what I like about her message and um, the things that she does as part of her foundation is saying that I am in control of my body. I choose what you get to see. I choose how I present myself. And it's based on how, it's based on my intentions and what I'm trying to do for me. And I'm not doing it for you to enjoy. And this is something that comes across a lot, whether it's like an Instagram model or basically any female or any woman or any person who identifies as a woman and presenting how they feel, their, their uniqueness, their authenticity out. And it's received by people by saying she's a slut by saying that she's fast, by saying that um it's not appropriate for her to present herself that way and all these different things. But the thing that I struggle with the most about that, besides being annoyed of everybody trying to police women's bodies, is again, like I said earlier, when is it appropriate for a woman to step into herself as a sexual being and to engage with other people in that way? When it comes to Anna Fantastic or Maite, or Nona, or Carmen Electra, or Bria Valente, because she was seventeen when they met too. When it comes to any of these people, I'm gonna trust what they say about how they engaged with Prince, and how he engaged with them. For the most part, they did say it wasn't disrespectful. They didn't try anything with he didn't try anything with me until I was of age. And then the nuance of, there's grooming for sex, but what about romantic relationships with people who aren't 18 yet? Like, what about friendships where there's flirting? Is that okay or no? What, a, what about those like gray line areas where nothing, I, I believe them when they say nothing untoward happened, but who dictates what that is? What who dictates what is okay to do and what's not because I feel like that's based on the comfort of the person but then in your brain you're like but they're also 16 <laughs> you know they're also 16 17 and we had that conversation earlier where we were like at 16 and 17 what am I going to do with a 32 year old why are you paying attention right. to me uh-huh. so it's and then you also I'm not going to psychoanalyze Prince or whatever but there are a lot of people who are saying, well maybe I mean his music was very mature how he approached his music and his business was very mature and then you'll hear like Susanna Melvoin talking about but socially it wasn't really like he was acting his age he was much younger than that like mentally outside the context of his work and I mean I don't know but it's like where where do you draw that like how do you think about that you know so for me it's something I have to think about deeper But for how Prince tended to like people in that age range of 18 to 23 for quite a while in his life, I think it's deeper. Because everybody always goes straight to sex, and I don't think it's necessarily about that. Um, Sometimes it is companionship. And then I'm, I'm just speaking right now. But I know when I was like 28 years old and seven years different isn't a big difference, but I dated like as someone who just turned 21 as a dude. And it was just refreshing because he didn't have the stress that I had. I'm like, I was 28. I wasn't that old either. But he didn't have the stress that I had in my job. His concerns were about, you know, having fun, enjoying life. Like every day I'm like working like 12 hours a day. I'm stressed about my deadlines, stressed about, you know, I'm going to pay my bills. I got this house I'm paying for, all this stuff. But hanging out with him, it's like, I'm not worrying about all that. We're just going to go, I don't know, go to the arcade and hang out. We're going to go to a movie. We're going to go um, shoot some golf balls. It was just fun and I liked not having the um, all that stuff thrown at me about my responsibilities as a 28-year-old woman. And I get that. And yes, he's very attractive. Maybe we did some stuff. But it's like, I'm not <laughs> predatory towards him. I'm like, you're of age. We're adults. Let's hang out and do whatever. So, I mean, like, I get that. And, and for me, it's really annoying. And I, this is my own projection, not saying it's okay to do this if you're 40 years old. Go get yourself a 19-year-old because they're a fun time. But it's like, it's not always about sex. And sometimes it's just like, I want to be, I have a relationship or have a friendship with someone. And, and not to say again that that's his only thing because he had women friends that were his age and you know of all various ages there was Sheila and different Tamron all, all those people they weren't all in Italias. but it's like there's I think it's way more complicated than just he was looking for 19 or teenagers or even young women in their early 20s it's it's also like that is part of different types of relationships he had and it just wasn't discriminatory right. to only people his age and I think a lot of the feedback about this is not his intent. It's our perspective of what we see there based on what we bring and the vision or the 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 bias that we have, the lenses that we have, our experience that we have and seeing his situation. And because like, just like I said earlier, I'm pretty sure that 50% of the people who felt they had relationships with Prince didn't because he's just like, yeah, I stare at you in your eyes when you're talking to me. And a lot of people don't do that. And that feels very invasive and personal, and you can see that as I'm into you right now, or I'm just looking at you while you talk. You know, <laughs> right? So, uh, I, for that particular question, I'm like, I, I'm gonna believe what they say, and I know I'm throwing myself on top of it because I know I said earlier, you know, sixteen, seventeen, not sure, but like eighteen, nineteen, I would totally be down if Prince paid attention to me because. I'm not looking to engage on him, engage with him in that way until maybe I'm like maybe 20. But (laughs) I know Mm -hmm. enough about myself and who I am, (laughs) 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 and I mean, if I'm being really 100%, the only reason why I would wait till 20 is because it would be a little more acceptable for people around me. Because it's like I know myself and who I know myself to be at age 20. I mean, I was dating someone who was maybe five years older than me, that is not a huge difference, but he had like two degrees. And like, I was like, what, sophomore in college? And he was like about to graduate with a job at NASA. And like, what are you looking at me for? But it's also because we had the same things in common. We like to have fun and like we found each other attractive. It wasn't a big deal. So, and I mean, it's only five years, but I, I understand that dynamic. But I think that when we lump young girls together, as far as what they are capable and emotionally able to handle... like, we don't know that, only they know that. And they only know that with their situations, the people they engage with. And I'm not victim blaming. We're not talking about R. Kelly anymore. We're talking specifically about Prince now. And that um, it's just a little more nuanced than him going after teenagers or young women. So that's my long opinion.
4: (laughs) I wanted to Um, respond to that really quickly and um, just say, I I really like what you said because it kind of reconciled it a little bit for me. Um, but just more to the point that again Prince wasn't out here actively looking for teenagers to eventually mm-hmm. sleep with you know what I mean so I feel like um, the the incidents mentioned um, with Anna Fantastic and Mite are two very isolated situations um, unique situations and I think a, a lot of people's opinions like my own, um, it stems from our own personal, you know, perspectives and my own personal trauma, my own personal bias. And when we uh, think about the article in question that raised, you know, a lot of outrage in the Prince community, um, the R. Kelly stuff aside, you know, we don't know her, her perspective fully. Um, but we do know that she had an issue with it. And so just like I take an issue with it, but it's, I think it's, it's, we shouldn't dismiss it. Um, and everyone has have their own um, journeys. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, why we feel the way we feel. Um, and a lot of Prince, Prince's fandom are older people who grew up in a time where it's, you know, it was acceptable, but, you know, just getting back to what Kenisa said, um, about, you know, everyone is different pretty much. Um, and so Anna Fantastic and Maite, and I'm kind of saying it to myself, um, they weren't the, the girl that I was when I was being victimized at that age and young. They weren't, um, you know, comparing them to the R. Kelly's victims who were um, systematically and strategically preyed on. Um, so, I, you know, I guess I don't know if I'm if I'm looking for an excuse or, or what it is what I'm that I'm working through, but I guess it's just um, two very unique situations that I feel were isolated and, you know, still an issue, but doesn't put him into, um, I guess that predatory category, I think there are a lot of factors that go into, um, why, you know, such as his need for maybe a little bit of control or maybe just the culture, Um, but when we you know when we talk about the girls um themselves making that decision um and having that amount of independence which is you know I don't know if you guys remember when we were first going through the book I I just couldn't I couldn't imagine like being 16 and being allowed to be alone with prince you know what I mean and I remember Erica talking about how oh well, you know how she lived in New York when she was 17 that that's mine boggling to me, but you know, my experience is my own. And so, you know, I think everyone kind of has their own perspectives and it affects them differently. And I don't think, I guess I'm speaking to, uh, uh, the people who will actively dismiss the, um, issue that a lot of people take with, um, those two very unique situations. But, um, again, I do feel like there was some form of um, reconciliation there. So I kind of feel, I'm feeling a little better, but we'll see. All right.
0: So I guess my response there was me answering the last question, which was when you sit with what you know about Prince regarding the Young Women Connects, that honestly never really seemed to go away as he got older and how you reconcile that with yourself or what does it mean to reconcile that? And do you even have to, Um, I guess Crystal and I kind of answered that, but what about uh, you, Erica?
3: Um, It's just, it's really, (laughs) it's difficult because I mean, like we've all said, several times you're like I acknowledge that it is problematic it's not but it's it's not the same situation as is any of the kind of um you know all the sexual predators that have come out in in the in this post me too world and I don't I don't know I think I think on some aspects like on some levels I will turn it off, which is not the right thing to do. I guess, <laughs> it's like you know, I can turn off those thoughts, but but acknowledge that it it's not great. But at the same time, you know, everybody involved, it was consensual. I don't know. It's it's hard, and it's something that I think about a lot. Um, in the end, for better or for worse, I choose to enjoy the music, and I don't know I think it's something worth talking about though, and I wish I, I and i don't I don't think it's a black and white issue I don't think I think I'm you know as far as what I've seen is reactions to all of it that there's people that are like Princess canceled forever, and then there's people that are like he can do no wrong. And it's like, well, it's the whole, everything about it is a gray area mm-hmm. and it's worthy of discussion. And I think that's an important part of being in this kind of fandom and appreciating his, you know, artistic output through his whole career is it, the first step is to just like acknowledge, like, Maybe that was messed up and not just put him on a pedestal and be like, well, he can do no wrong because he's human and he did. (laughs) Stephanie, what do you think?
2: Um, I, I mean, I said this earlier in our group chat. It's definitely something that I think I, we, the collective, uh, Prince fandom um, will continue to struggle through, um, and just society at large, and like Erica said, this post Me Too world, um, because there is no clear cut answer to any of this. Because the reality is um, that all of this stuff coming out is so unprecedented, and so we don't know how. To react to all of this and how to even react, quote unquote, appropriately, because there has never been a mass uh, addressing of these issues, and so I think that we just have to have time to like let the <laughs> let the the grossness just continue to come to the surface, and our reactions or our reactions and in time at large, we will learn how to. Process this um, and things like that, but not without these types of nuanced conversations, because like I said earlier in our group chat, and like I said to someone, um, a few a few people that I've had these conversations with, uh, Prince is not our, Kelly, is not Bill Cosby, is not Harvey Weinstein, is not uh, Les Moonves, is not uh, Kevin Spacey, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's not black and white. It is very much gray and not just gray, but like different shades of gray. Um, so, um, it's it's something that we will definitely have to struggle through. Um, Kanisa, you brought up some some great points, uh, and as I sat there listening, I was like, "Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense." Um, but then the other side of me was thinking, "How many?" And I'm not saying that this doesn't that this wasn't my taste case because we did read her book, and she very much detailed how mature and independent she was. I know less about Anna Fantastic. Um, I know less about Rio Valente and, uh, Nona and all these other women, but, uh, my thought on the other side of that was how many 16 and 17 year olds are that cognizant of agency over their own body at that, age, to the, to the level that you were describing, because, um, I don't know. I, I, and I'm just speaking for myself and other 16 year olds that I grew up with or was, were around. Um, I, in my opinion, I was a relatively mature 16 year old. Uh, my mama can back me up if she want to, but, um, I don't know that I was that cognizant of things like that to, to that detail, to that level of detail. And, and that was their, uh, you know, thought process. And I'm not trying to say, I know what their thought process was at all. I think, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to believe what you said about your time. Um, because that was you. And I I can't say because I wasn't there. I'm not involved. I think that's a hundred percent fair. But then I also just wonder like the devil's advocate in me is like, okay, but how much of that, Is colored by the fact that you fell in love with this person or you had this relationship with this person and things like that. So that's where my struggle is right now. Um, I am in no way like for better or for worse, uh, I'm in no way about to be like, well, it's mute R. Kelly. And then it's mute Prince. Like, absolutely not because I do not (laughs) equate the two of them at all. Um, I don't think that, um, I wouldn't consider Prince a predator in in that sense at all either. Um, but were some of his tendencies questionable and problematic? Sure. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's just, it's it's something that I don't think we're going to resolve like in just this conversation, um, or the next few conversations, it's just something that we're going to have to sit with and talk about and figure out and think on and, um, kind of uh prod within ourselves to to understand better and and again having these nuanced conversations and getting different perspectives definitely does help. Um but it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable and uh but it's necessary. And and yeah. I think that's where I am on it.
3: Yeah I also want to add a disclaimer I would con- I definitely consider myself a feminist. I am all for if a woman says something, you believe her. Like it's not none of the, you know, mm-hmm. none of that business that where people are like, oh well, she's lying for the fame or whatever. As far as like right. sexual abuse allegations, which again, and none of them have ma- ever been made against Prince, <laughs> right? So, which is like, I you know, I just wanted to add that disclaimer. I I would say we're all you know pro having agency over your own body and you know presenting yourself in however you want whether that is you know in a sexual way or or otherwise so i don't know i just felt that was important to add
1: (laughs) um to, to your question i feel like i have to everyone's experience is different in a way speaking from a young person's perspective i'm from a different generation where I was introduced to Prince and later on into my life, where obviously you read the stories and you hear the stuff, what kind of personality he is, and how you deal with him and things like that. So when it came to interacting with Prince, you, I would always have that in the back of my mind, so I make sure I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm equipped and I'm ready to know how I'm dealing with him, then going in blind. So, um. When works, the I just like I respect everyone else's experiences. I remember my own. I'm not gonna put that ahead of mine who if someone had a bad experience or a good one, but I always like I'll take you on board and just, you know, be open minded with it.
0: Yeah. And so for the people who don't know, um, can you talk a little bit about um how you interacted with Prince?
1: Um I actually interacted with Prince through Twitter during the time um around late 2015 up to the to the end when 2016 before he died um i would do videos about him on youtube and he would actually enjoy watching them my communications of my videos were as soon as i upload prince will give me some form of report or his feedback on what he likes and what i should do next and basically things like that so, yeah. <laughs> Chloe
0: actually talks about her experiences with Prince in a previous Muse episode, Women Empowerment, Intimacy, and Prince. You might want to check that out if you'd like to hear more. Okay. So, I guess one last thing I want to talk about because we're just to close it. The cancel culture that people are talking about. I don't believe in the cancel culture. I don't know if just the way that I see the world or people, but I generally believe that people are here to live this life and to learn how to love and to relate to others and to learn and to grow. Some people are born with the tools to deal with difficult situations. Um, during this conversation we have talked about how at 16 years old if like a 32 year old 36, 37 year old dude came up to us we would be like no please and because of the way that we the tools that we were provided to deal with a situation like that we've also talked about Anna and Maite where they had different situations and different tools where they were able to handle that at 16 years old um We talk about, or we didn't really talk about, but R. Kelly went through a lot of different things that were very traumatic for him. The tools that he had to be able to deal with him were not there, and he in turn continued to be a predator and very horrible to the people he came in contact with because he wasn't able to deal with the stuff that he was going through in his journey and his life. Prince had a very difficult coming up and trusting people or whatever else that happened to him when he was a child and it manifested in different ways as he grew up. Not saying anything again, not equating him to Robert Kelly or anything like that, but all of us are born and go through things and evolve based on the tools that we are able to have. When we look at situations like these difficult situations where we look at other people's um, lives who are different than ours and they have different outcomes, it's very easy to judge them, but again, it's like, take a second and think about how they got to that place because nobody was really born a horrible person who are evil, though some people may disagree with that, there are certain pattern or series of things that happen to them to where they respond to things in different ways, whether that's someone who grows up to be very kind or someone who grows up to, be, to live in fear or be very paranoid or even be cruel. So I guess as we're thinking about these artists and the separating art from the artist, I think that's harmful to do. Because the art is a confessional. It's a place of redemption, a way to express and work through your own stuff. The art is the artist. And how you deal with that art as fans or admirers of the artist, it's something that you own. If you cancel them, it doesn't make the feelings go away because a lot of those feelings are your feelings to own. It's just that person doesn't trigger them for you. And when we have artists like Prince... Where there are songs that he wrote that are beautiful and loving and full of hope, but we also connect to the songs that are sad and are about loneliness and fear. And there are some songs that are also questionable, like 18 and Over or Schoolyard or Lolita <laughs> or, um, I don't know, some of the stuff that he wrote for the time, like Wild and Loose. Or, like, there, there's a good portion of songs in there that are like, What? what wait what and and he talks about in his music like the entire spectrum of what it means to live a life and sometimes it's going to be very positive and awesome sometimes it's going to be messy sometimes it's going to be gross there will be things that you won't be proud of and there will be things that you'll be very proud of and very altruistic and everything like that he covers the entire spectrum of what it means to live a life and so it's like when you hear these songs or certain things that you can't relate to or certain things that make you be like, mm, I don't know, it's like you kind of have to sit with how that makes you feel and it's not for you to judge him And depicting these different types of life, because who knows what he actually did versus what he's just writing about from something he heard or a story or maybe a fantasy or even just something he thought about that never actually happened. It's like, how does that make you feel? Just like how a song might be lonely and it taps into your loneliness sit with those other songs that make you feel uncomfortable and think about why does that make me feel uncomfortable and that's something that we always talk about on muse it's like not so much looking at prince and what he did but how is that reflected back on you and how do you reconcile those messages within yourself so i kind of want to close with that like when we talk about these topics with prince and women, and young women, and older women. And really, this is why I really didn't want to talk about Prince and Women, because, like, who cares what he did? It's his relationships. It's none of our business. But since it's out there to be spoken about, remember, you have to think about it. Who cares what he did at the end of the day? That was his life. But it's like, how do I... How do I reconcile that within myself about the things that it triggers within me? How do I protect myself and the ones I love from certain situations that are predatory? How do I equip my children or the people I love with the tools that it takes to have to deal with difficult situations, whatever they may be, whether it's with an older man or something violent like R. Kelly or someone who's controlling and manipulative or I don't know, how do I deal with someone who's really happy and like when I know I'm not happy, like how do I not tear them down? These are all kind of conversations or thoughts that we need to be thoughtful about when we see other people living their lives and recognizing that is their life to live. And you got to deal with your own stuff and own your own stuff, too. So mm-hmm. I hope this conversation went a little deeper than our current conversations. I also want to say be very careful or just... Be careful about the the words and phrases that you use while we're defending or speaking about Prince because, again, we want to make sure that we're coming from a place, not of judgment. Because when, like the Black Girl Nerds, this is the article that really kicked all of this off because we were talking about it for a while. We are just like, I don't really know if we should make an episode. But seeing the feedback from that, like Crystal was saying, we don't know what kind of trauma that chick went through to be able to write that. We all just said all this stuff for us and how we see it and how we reflect on it. For me, I'm just like, I don't really see it like that. But that's based on my perspective. Someone else could see the situation be like, that happened to me. And it was very similar with similar phrases and similar events. And it was very traumatic for me. And so that's how they're going to see it. We don't know. Maybe that's how she saw it. But to attack her for her opinions and what she said is a lot and even like it's defamation of Prince and stuff like that Prince's legacy is gonna withstand pretty much anything because it's like his legacy is not about the side stuff it's about the music and, and if it goes down it's not for the fault of Prince and anything that he's done it's kind of like all of us or as fans or as um, society judging different things that happened based on the stuff that we need to deal with and it's different from R. Kelly as we're saying R. Kelly's a monster no 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 Prince is different. We're not equating that. Again, it's like from a society standpoint, from a patriarchal standpoint, from a standpoint of women not being able to own their bodies, from a standpoint of that line of when is it appropriate to consider sex as a young woman and who you're going to do it with, from the standpoint of what does it mean to be in a relationship? It's more than sex. What does it mean? If you want to be a companion with people of various ages, it's all very complicated. so how you deal with that's going to be based on how you see it, your perception, and um, how you how secure you are in yourself and what you believe in and there was a quote that I kind of want to say and I was thinking about uh, to kind of sum a lot of this up. Um, So there was this quote that I saw, and it really resonated with me, and it was, if we are to truly embrace our principles, we must be willing to see our heroes fall before them. And I, again, am not saying that a prince is going to fall, because he absolutely will not. But it is okay to feel uncomfortable with the people you admire making you feel uncomfortable based on, you know, again, your experience. It is okay to allow them to be human to disagree with some of the decisions that they made. And also, it is okay to realize that it's really none of your business what decisions that they made because that was their (laughs) journey and their choices and their decisions and their responsibility to be accountable to themselves. It's just that, again, as we talk about this conversation in the larger context of um, men and whatever, it's holding people accountable, but also Holding ourselves accountable for what we think or how we judge them and protecting ourselves and saying, hey, especially on our day to day, because let's let's not, you know, put this all on all these celebrities out here doing wrong. We've got people right live next door to us doing these things. So like protecting yourselves from those people to realize that is their journey to go through and to deal with and um, to own. So thank you guys. For joining me tonight for this really important discussion. And we look forward to seeing what all of our audience says about this. But until then, we will see you next time. Bye.
1: So that it is for all to see
2: now what's beyond
1: you and me depends my friend primarily on how you view your role in
4: eternity if she could be muse
0: to the Pharaoh then one day
3: she